this podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by the Family Planning Victoria Schools team. We're trying to answer the question for young people about how do you do it, meaning what sex is, and for grown-ups, how do you do it, as in how do you talk to young people about sex and bodies and growing up. My name is Anne and I'm part of the Family Planning Victoria Schools education team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so that we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Our first series of podcasts is about puberty, which is something we generally start talking about with students from about grade three or four. By grade five, six, students should be getting lots of information about puberty. Sex gets talked about in class alongside puberty because puberty is the maturation of the sexual organs in preparation to make a baby. It makes sense to discuss these together. Explaining what sex is to children is really tricky for most adults. Adults might feel like it's too private or want to shield children from the things about sex that are scary. If children learn about sex at a young age, they do not think sex is for them. It's a good idea to introduce the idea of sex as something that's supposed to be a positive, normal, good part of an adult relationship. Family Planning Victoria recommends that you talk to your child about sex as early as you can. There's no reason why you couldn't tell a child how a woman got a baby inside her belly. Just tell them. Students could be talking about sex and reproduction in class by about grade three or four. That's when Family Planning Victoria would be introducing discussion about sex into a class. It's likely that they're talking about sex in the playground before then. By the end of primary school, students should be able to understand human reproduction and understand that sex could be a part of an adult relationship. Athi has been delivering sex and sexuality classes to all sorts of people for a long time. Let's hear some wisdom from Athi. So Athi, thank you for letting me ask you questions. My first question for you is, what is sex? Well, sex is um, a big topic. I mean, most people want to talk about sex as being something that's a man putting his penis inside a woman's vagina. But I think we need to talk about sex as being broader than that. So I would say to children, sex is something that two people do together that's romantic and sexy feelings and it's a way of them feeling very, very close together, putting their bodies close together. So it's everything from doing lots and lots of private kisses Um, to touching each other and sometimes if one of the people has a penis they might want to put it inside the body of the other person. So it's about using all of your body and encouraging young people to think that it's broader than just penetration. Hmm. And it doesn't always make a baby. No, that's right. That's right. That's probably one of the biggest lies we tell young people, that sex is just for making babies. If that were the case, why would the world be so obsessed with it? Not only obsessed with it, but why would there be shame associated with that? And sex is used in the media to sell everything from cars to shoes to deodorant. 
And if it was just about making babies, it wouldn't feature as such a... Um, important thing in all our advertising, in our TV programs, in our movies. And kids know that. Mm. So they know that there's a secret that adults are keeping from them. What do we know about how much young people are having sex? Well, the statistics are really quite interesting if you look at the stats from ARCHES, which is the Australian, Re the Australian Research Centre for Sexual Health and Society. They started collecting data from Year 10s and Year 12s in 1992 and they do a survey with students every five to six years. And what you can see from the stats is they haven't really changed that much, not dramatically, not the amount that you'd think they would have changed because society has changed so much. And I think one of the reasons for a slight change is in 1992 children started school at four and then they actually turned five in their first year. Nowadays children are five when they start school so they are 18, mm -hmm. uh, they've turned 18 well before they get to um, year 12. What that means is that the stats for year 10 and 12 you would assume would change and get a little higher for the number of young people that have had sex, which is the case, by mm. about 3 to 5% over mm. that time. But in terms of age, it's not that different? No, no, it's not that different. And if you think about it, an 18-year-old 30 years ago could marry and have children and no one would blink an eyelid. Mm. While they're still able to get married now, we blink at that. Yes. We certainly have some ideas about why that might not be the best case scenario. It's a misnomer that society in the past has actually uh, been less sexual, sexually orientated. In the 1800s, the legal age for consent and marriage was 13 in England. Mm -hmm. And then they actually change it to 16. Yeah. And then in the Victorian era, they changed it to 18, and now it's gone back again. Mm. So, if, so we tend to think that the world is a really terrible place now, but I don't think that's the case if mm. you look at the statistics and you talk to young people. And if you think back, if a parent thinks back to their own experiences yes. at the same age, mm. it's actually not that different. No, no, that's yeah. right. And that's what I tell students sometimes, that, you know, um, when their parents talk to them, they're being influenced by what the mass media says, mm -hmm. and so they're frightened for their children. But in actual fact, their parents grew up in a time where, yes, they didn't have uh, computers and so forth, but in terms of sexual experience, there was a similar sort of level. Mm. So what do you think adults are really worried about for their children? What sort of messages are they getting? Adults vary just as young people do in their ideas, but one of the most common fears that I hear from parents is that somehow their child's innocence will be spoiled or their lives will be ruined by um, a sexual experience that wasn't positive. And, um, and I, I can understand that, of course, I can understand that. However, they're more likely to have a, a, a sexual experience that's not positive if they're not given enough information. Mm. 
they're more likely to make bad choices if they don't understand what those choices are. Mm. So protecting by not giving information doesn't help. Doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. ignorance doesn't protect anyone. Whereas a mindful discussion about your feelings, about your values, about expectations can actually lead someone to make a better choice. I think we also need to remember though that unwanted sex is different from a sexual experience that wasn't fabulous. It's about going into the sexual experience, making that choice for yourself, and if it wasn't great, well, you can just chalk that up to experience. However, having an unwanted sexual experience is sexual assault. Mm. And so that actually has an impact. So we need to be really clear about that. You know, you don't need to have 20 orgasms in a sexual experience. What you need to do is feel that you made a good choice for yourself, that at any time if you'd wanted to stop or change your mind, the other person would have respected that. And the following day you wake up and go, okay, I feel okay about that. It wasn't great, but my life's not ruined. Whereas we tend to think that if, particularly for girls, that if a girl has an experience with someone that wasn't that nice, somehow her life is ruined. Mm. When that's not true. That's mm -hmm. absolutely not true. And we need to move on from that idea that girls' experiences with sex make them less valuable the more they have. And with boys, it's inverse. The more experience they have, the more valuable and manly, manly they are. We need to really move beyond that. Mm. So what could go wrong if you talked to your young person about sex and sexual experiences? What could go wrong? One of the things that happens with parents is they are in denial about the curiosity of young people and the desire of young people. And I think in denying that, it actually limits the conversation. However, parents are allowed to say, no, I don't want to discuss my sexual experiences. And I think that's important for parents to know that. Mm. It is private. However, I think talking about um, you know, making mistakes, without graphic detail, of mm. course, but talking about making mistakes, talking about when things were positive, talking about situations that a young person might find themselves in. Mm. And expanding sex away from that idea of it's just making babies, it's about all these other That's things right. as well. Yeah, that it actually can feel really, really good, mm. you know, um, and, and expressing that to the young person and how sometimes because it feels so good your body wants to take over from your head and so talking about how that can happen but it's not a disaster mm -hmm. um, and I think if you have that level of interaction with your young person which of course starts from the time they're very very small naming the body parts right and talking about puberty and so on by the time you get to talking about the uh, shall I put it as juicy stuff around sex <laughs> your young person is more likely to come to you when they have had an experience that wasn't so positive they're more mm. likely to unpack that with you or one that is positive well that's right mm. too because that's what you want to yeah. know as well <laughs> yeah. you want to know that they're happy yep. and that they're well and they've made good choices for themselves mm. So what messages do children get about sex from the world, from the media? 
that's that it's fantastic but it's also shameful that it's deadly but it's also positive and needs to be achieved that it's male-centered that it's heteronormative that it's confusing but at the same time fabulous it gets Kids get mixed messages, just like adults do. Mm, and it creeps into language really, really early. You yes. get young kids say, saying something is sexy when they mean it's yeah. good. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 So um, it's, it's quite confusing in that respect. Um, so they do need a sounding board. And I always think parents are the best sounding board because you're there with them all the time. The thing about being a sexuality education teacher is that if I say something to a class and I'm not there until the following week they've had a whole week to think about it and if they've got questions they have to try and remember them for the next session at the end of three or four sessions we've left as educators but parents are there and Mm. so they can use you as a sounding board and once you've established that relationship of trust then they've got that for life Mm. and our classes uh, really to support conversations at home kids sometimes say oh you've told me everything I need we know that's not true Mm. there's going to be more questions and you want them to set up that conversation at home as well that's right that's right six months can be an incredibly long time in a young person's life and during that time they will grow they will change they will hear new things they will see new things and they will experience new things. And so they need someone there as that sounding board throughout their lives. Mm. Um, So you want to set up early that you are that person. That's right. Mm. What do you want children to know about sex? That it's a normal part of being human. That um, we as animals though, are more complicated than most other animals because for most animals it's it is just about making babies but for us we engage with our body with our heart and with our thoughts so it encompasses our values our attitudes our feelings as well as our body excellent do you always uh, say that in a class I do yeah. I do and I and I tell students that everyone worries about the body stuff particularly with adolescents they're always talking about oh teach them about contraception teach them about STIs but in fact we need more time to talk about feelings and values Mm. and attitudes and if you've got your head and your heart working well or at least you know what's going on in your head and your heart to some degree you'll make much better choices for your body Mm. so in actual fact private parts you look after them better when you know what's going on yep and what they're called yes well that's true that's absolutely right oh thank you so much i knew you you were very wise oh thank you thank you thanks for talking happy so here's here's a summary of things you might want to keep in mind when you start talking about what sex is to your young person first thing is that sex is only for grown-ups it's for someone whose body and mind are grown up Grown-ups have sex either because they want to make a baby or sometimes just because they want to. The kind of sex that makes a baby is when a penis goes into a vagina and then sperm comes out. But sex could be other types of talking, touching, kissing as well. Sex is supposed to happen in private. 
and there must be consent every time sex happens. Sex isn't for people who are in the same family. If you're interested in other resources to help talk with young people about uh, how babies start and what sex is, there's some books that we can recommend. Uh, one is What Makes a Baby by Corey Silverman. It's a really gentle introdu- introduction to the idea that the sperm and egg join and that's how a baby starts. Mummy Laid an Egg by Babette Cole is a really great picture book for younger children uh, that explains uh, sex to make a baby. Also the amazing true story of how babies are made by Fiona Katsukas. I think mentioned the Australian Research Centre in Sex, Health and Society. They're from La Trobe University. They publish research about uh, sexual behaviour of young people. The most recent research we have says that around a quarter of Year 10 students are engaging in sexual intercourse and around half of Year 12 students. If you want more information about Family Planning Victoria, you can go to our website, fpv.org.au. You can also check us out on socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you're interested in the podcast, please subscribe or look out for the next episode. Thanks so much for listening.